Welcome to the Worship Place Podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. I want to turn your attention this morning to the book of Luke, chapter number 2. I'm going to read from verses 1 through 6. And we have some family of family visiting from out out of town today, and they come to church. Why don't we give our family a family? We're so happy to have you with us today. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. While they were there, Rome sent out the decree for them to be counted and taxed. This was a census. Jesus was really there to be counted on. So my subject this morning is you can count on Jesus. Anybody who believes you can count on Jesus, would you lift a praise unto the Lord? Thank him for his word today. Thank you, precious Savior, for the power of the word of God, for your presence in our lives, for the work that you're doing now. In the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Judea underwent at least three census events. I think historians say one in 8 B.C., one in 2 B.C., one in 6 A.D. And somewhere in the context, you know, uh, the calendar was changed. And so it's hard to know exactly sometimes when is where, but surrounding the time of the birth of Jesus were these various Roman census. I've lived long enough to go through a few of these census in this country. To be honest, it seems like something you don't really need to take that seriously, but they kind of put a little pressure on you to, you know, fill out the form, be honest about it, and report back, or else I don't really know what the penalty is or isn't, but... um, There's probably a lot of people living in our country today that haven't filled out. I think we have 330 million, last time I remember any figures about the population of our country, probably growing every day. But uh, the Romans wanted to develop a system of taxation. And in order to develop and collect taxes, they needed to collect um, the names 
uh, of the people that lived in the regions that they proposed to tax. And so this was a census for the purpose of taxing. And so um, the people around Israel and Judea were considered by the Romans just be a bunch of backwater folk that were irrelevant, unimportant in the whole scheme of world empire. But they were sandwiched in between the vast holdings of the Roman Empire, stretching from England all the way to India. And so there it was. They collected proceeds from these places. But I want to remind you that Rome summoned, Roman law summoned the Hebrews to count them. And they, uh, and, uh, they wanted to document who they were and where they were from. Well, you are being counted today, whether you realize it or not. Welcome to the digital uh, era, where each and every one of us that participates in any form of digital communication, you are leaving digital fingerprints and footprints of who you are, what you buy, what you think. I think my phone listens to me. Because if I say now, I'm hungry, what do you want to eat? Probably when I open my phone up, it's going to have some suggestions for some restaurants on there. And, and, and the advertising is targeted, seems like to me, uh, by the conversations that we have, and most definitely by the internet searches that we engage in. So there is a digital profile being kept on every one of us in this information age. Now, I want to say this. You and I don't matter to AI. We're just a series of ones and zeros. We don't matter to AI, but we do matter to the great I am. There is another set of books that's being kept on the lives of people, and that is the eye of the Lord is over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. I'm glad that I have the full attention of the great I am this morning. Come on. We are here celebrating uh, what is the birth of Christ. We call it Christmas Day. But, uh, um, but uh, the God of heaven is celebrating a people that have been called out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light. Praise God. Now, why don't we give the Lord a hand clap for just keeping his eye on us today. And so... We are not a chattel to be managed, but we are individuals that matter to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you matter to God. Now you may think you have nobody. You may feel that you are absolutely alone in this world, but you have somebody. And when you have Jesus, you have everybody else that Jesus has. And so welcome to the family today. You're not alone. God has you, amen, under the power of his sight. Rome brought them to Bethlehem for a census. And the world, you know, the world, it does take a census, but there's something else called consensus. Right? Census is when they just count you. Consensus is when they count you in. 
There is a power in the world society today that wants you to agree with consensus. There have been heads of prestigious universities that have come under fire in recent weeks, amen, and rather than de to depart from consensus thought and this woke consensus position, they decided rather to fly in the face of just plain, clear morality and refuse to state clearly that it is wrong to call for the genocide of a people. Let me say that it's wrong to chant to kill anybody, much less a whole nation of people, and somehow be justified. But see, consensus is a powerful force. But are you ready for this? The tide, in my opinion, is about to turn. Because people that went along just to get along are suddenly decide, uh, realized that, that the folks that are consensus makers are absolutely radicalized. And they no longer agree with the kind of radicalization that's going on culturally in America and around the world. And they're saying, hey, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. Uh, how do I get back to center? How do I make sense? How do I discover what true morality is? How do I treat my fellow man, even those that don't agree with me? Get ready for a shift. Get ready for a homecoming. Get ready for a breakthrough. Get ready for revival in 2024. Put your hands together and give God some praise. Amen, amen, amen. And so in Malachi chapter number three, you read the last consensus of the Old Testament, and it reads like this in Malachi 3 and 1, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. You know who the messenger that will prepare the way. That was John. He said, I am not that light but I have been sent to bear witness of that light. And that light is the light of men. Look at verse 16. It says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Can I tell you something? They, you are his, like a man who has jewels and makes up a crown, who portions them out, positions them perfectly, and sets them in order. Can I say this? What am I saying today? The last sentence is, Jesus has come to count on you. Hallelujah. And to count you in to his great fold. Does anybody want to be counted into the kingdom? Does anybody want to be counted up and placed upon the crown? Does anybody want to be a part of this great family of God? Huh? If you do, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Count me in. Come on. Somebody shout, count me in, Jesus. Count me in, Jesus. Joseph and Mary were ordered to go to Bethlehem by law. But when... 
after Christ was born and some time might have passed, they were ordered again to leave Bethlehem by grace. Now watch this. They were ordered to go by Roman law. And then when the danger reached, uh, uh, when the level of danger reached an alert, they were ordered to leave again by an angel. And the angel said to them, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. I thank God for the angel. I thank God for the angel of grace. You say, wait a minute, what kind of an act of grace is it to send them back to Egypt? Well, look, anything that will get you out from under the knife of a wicked Herod is grace. Watch this, it said this, the angel said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape. Oh, I love that word. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, For there is no temptation taken you, but that which is common to man. But God is faithful not to suffer any of you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Can I tell you, with the temptation is the angel of escape. With the trouble is the path that leads to liberty. With the problem, amen, is the solution that comes via a word from God as to how to conduct ourselves. If you feel like you're trapped, you're not as trapped as you think you are because what has trapped you is nothing special in the eyes of God. But what is with your trapping is the word of deliverance. God has made a way of escape. Somebody head for the exits this morning. Somebody take advantage of the way out of your situation today. Woo! So grace sometimes, notice they were to escape to Egypt. Grace will sometimes direct you to return to generational prisons. True liberty sometimes isn't experienced until we take a journey back to Egypt, to Israel's ancestral prison. 430 years, that's over 10 generations, they spent under Egyptian bondage. And the prophecy said that the Messiah will come out of Egypt. And maybe there's a lot of speculation as to why did he have to come out of Egypt? Well, because there was someone by the name of Joseph, for one thing, that was a perfect type of Christ, who said, we don't belong here. And he said, when you guys go, because I know you're going to get out of here, take me with you. Well, all they could take was a box full of bones, but maybe Jesus went back there to redeem the rest of him, praise him, and to fulfill the type of bringing all of Joseph out of there, including his spirit and his soul, praise God. All I can say is sometimes, you, after you're born again, everybody say born again. You gotta, sometimes you gotta backtrack a bit to go back and get some family victory. The troubles that are troubling you have been around your family tree a long time. And sometimes you got to make a generational journey back to the place where the family got off track 
to slay some dragons and overthrow some idols, amen, and plead the blood of Jesus over ancestral sins. And so the angel will not send you into your past. How many's ever been sent back to your past? Boy, have I ever been sent back to my past. True repentance seldom can be achieved if you don't sometimes make a visit back to the past and get victory. God gives us forgiveness on credit, but then sometimes we got to go back there, amen, and develop the skill set and the determination and the spiritual wisdom to not ever let it take us again. Watch this. The angel will not send you back into your past without at least three gifts from the present. Are you ready? Gold. You know what gold is? Gold is God. Gold is the glory of kings. Whew. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the glory is not of us, but of God. Can I tell you something? Don't go back and visit the past without being full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Take the anointing of the Holy Ghost with you when you go back to defeat the powers that used to control you in Jesus' name. So how do I know when I have complete victory? When driving through the old neighborhood doesn't tempt you to smoke crack anymore, but it tempts you to witness to one of those derelicts stranded on the sidewalk that don't know what in the world's happened to them. <laughs> Secondly, frankincense. Frankincense in Exodus 30 is this. However, frankincense, pure frankincense, Exodus uh, 30 and 34 was to be pure and holy and mixed with incense and placed on the altar that would burn incense before the glory of the Lord. Can I say this? You got to have the Holy Ghost and you got to have apostolic worship. Yeah. Woo. The devil does not want you to take worship into Egypt. I can't wait for the next year when we go to Egypt, which is the street corners downtown, where people are victims imprisoned by sin, by shame, by addiction. And you know what we're going to bring? We're going to bring the glory of God, and we're going to bring Holy Ghost worship of God, and we're going to let God do a work in our city, both outside and inside the church. Come on, somebody, you believe that? So we need worship. Do we have any worshipers in the house? The past... Your past, your prison, your shame, your past sins, your bondages uh, will track you down in 2024 if you refuse to be a worshiper. But if you will worship God, it's like lighting a citronella candle on the back porch on a steamy summer night. The mosquitoes won't get near you. Come on, somebody. Be a worshiper. You need gold, you need frankincense, and you need myrrh. Myrrh was the, was the, the death spice. Hallelujah. You got to be dead to yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus was born while the world was taxing.
Herod taxed Joseph, Mary, and Jesus in Bethlehem. Joseph came to pay his taxes. Jesus came to pay our sin. Don't tax Jesus in 2020. <laughs> you say, I'm not the IRS. No, you're not, but sometimes we can be the we are us. And sometimes the we are us puts a heavy penalty, tax penalty on the Lord when we don't walk in the light as he is in the light. And let the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all. Don't, you, you want to forgive? You want to carry your own sin? You're putting a tax on Jesus. You got to let the blood of Jesus release you and set you free from your sin. You want to carry anger and unforgiveness against your brother or sister through 2024? Quit taxing Jesus. You put the spirit under grief and distress. Your job is to forgive. You have been forgiven freely. Freely forgive anybody of anything at any time, anywhere. Forgive people who have done stuff that you have never done. Oh, I like to forgive people who do the same stuff I do. But if you do something I've never done, wouldn't take a doing, hmm, let me pray about that one a while. Let me say this. Herod counted Jesus. The church counts on Jesus. Every one of us will be brought to the place where we're going to have to rely on the grace of God for some part of our lives that we're weak at, ashamed of, filled over and over again. That is, the grace of God doesn't do it. It isn't going to be done. Jesus came so you could count. Can't. Say, where do you get this language? Where's that in the Bible? Okay, how about this one? Cast all your care on him. For he careth for you. If that isn't counting on Jesus, I don't know what is. I close this morning. How to recognize people that you can count on. Uh, Just two or three things here. Number one, they make promises in advance of the problem. They don't wait until you have a problem and hope that you don't call them. But they tell you long before the need ever arises. Several years ago, there was a family that decided to leave our church. They they didn't leave it in a bad spirit. They didn't leave it with any kind of... um, accusation or condemnation I just for whatever reason they decided to go a different path then COVID hit uncertainty struggle problems you know the associated with COVID concerns as a pastor well how is this going to turn out how long can we go without services but this family though they left sent a check tithe check every month for about two years And when they finally stopped, I called them and I said, I want you to know something. I appreciate everything you've done to help keep this church 
Those of you that haven't, um, um, Christmas is all about what you're going to get and and don't have giving in your mindset. You you need to to get there because if you you don't, life won't, I don't want to live in your shoes. Let's just put it that way. But I called this family. I said, I want you to know something. I'll never forget. You didn't have to do it. Nobody scared you into doing it or threatened you into doing it or asked you to do it. But you did it. And I said, if you ever need me for anything, I want you to know I'm just one phone call away. And that's really the way it is. Well, that's just a man making a promise to another man. But how about the God man making a promise? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how tough it seems. I don't care how big the devil looms. I don't care how far you've fallen. I will be there for you. And he's there for you now. He'll be there for you tomorrow. He'll be there for you next year. You can count on somebody who makes a promise before you'll ever need it. Why don't we stand? Hey, I hope I don't offend anyone. Don't count on a blabbermouth. You're going to lose in the end. You know who you can count on? Somebody you can trust with your secret. Aren't you glad everybody in this church doesn't know the things you've asked God to forgive you of? Or would you rather make a PowerPoint and put it up next week? We have a record crowd. You know what? You can tell a good Christian a lot of things but you can tell Jesus everything he can keep your secret and as far as the east is from the west he can bury your sins in the sea of forgetfulness so much so that the devil has no authority to drum them up that's why you That's why when you've truly and completely repent of your sins and truly and completely forsake all of it, don't bring it back up. Don't give the devil a chance. What is it in the court of law? You know, they don't want the plaintiff to say things that will open the door to all other kinds of rounds of questionings. That's why it's like just yes or no. I hope I'm not training someone to have to go there, but if you do, just yes or no, do what they tell you. Don't get in a big story. The more you talk, the more you open up for somebody to come back. That's the way it is with the devil. Don't give him ammo he doesn't have. Or access, at least, that he doesn't have. God will keep you secret. Thirdly, you can trust someone who is emotionally generous. They laugh when you laugh. They cry when you cry. They listen when you speak they have compassion Jesus didn't only have compassion he was moved with compassion 
finally, you can count on someone that has a lot of other people that vouch for them. Many of you that have been in between jobs, I will tell you, if you ever need a reference, I don't say it to everybody. But when I say it to you, I really mean it. You can give them my number. I'll vouch for you. Why would I say that to someone? Because I believe in them. Guess what? You can count on someone who has testimony. How many has a testimony of how great God is? Suppose you reject everything I've said this morning. Okay, okay, fair enough. You can do that, free country. But you're going to reject her and her and him. You're going to reject him and him and him and him. After a while, it gets kind of redundant. They keep saying, God is the best thing that ever happened to me. Let me tell you about the day when I was a nobody doing wrong and full of shame and a God of heaven came and rescued me from my sin. Would you count on Jesus? He's counting on you. Good thing I'm not God. If I was God, I would probably wouldn't be like Jesus. If I was God, I'd think, why don't I just do it and shortcut this thing because they do everything all messed up anyway. Why work through all these imperfect people when I could just speak the word and get it done? Because God has ordained that through weak vessels, foolishness of preaching, unpredictable human instrumentality that he's going to do. He's going to overthrow the kingdom of darkness, the influence of hell, the powers of, of, of Lucifer through people like you and I. Amen. Ever seen those old Rock'em Sock'em robot games? Just little plastic robots, you push the buttons and they go like this till they hit someone in the jaw on the head, pops back and you, you now that's the way I'm going to box. If you and me is ever going to box, that's how we're going to do it because I don't want to put my head in the ring, right? But that's the way the Lord uses you and I as tools. He's counting on you. He's counting on us. Take your neighbor by the hand. Let's pray. Would you put your hand into the master's hand? Would you put your life into his keeping? Would you put some weight? Would you lean on him? Just lean on those everlasting arms in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the power of your spirit move in this house. This is a, this is a Christmas service today. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, that you came as a child, as a baby born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger, weak and vulnerable but powerful hallelujah precious God in the mighty name of Jesus let 2024 be the year oh God where we depend on God in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus I feel an anointing want to be released I feel like there's a, a prodigal 
son or daughter that feels alienated and left out and alone. And I want you to leave here knowing you're included and that God is counting on you and you to count on him in the mighty name. You can count on Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Count on him now. Count on him with your children. Count on him with your failures and sins. Count on him to brighten up your tomorrows. The new year is a year of uncertainty. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. His name is Jesus. I can count on him. Hallelujah. 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 Boy, I feel an anointing. I feel an anointing. Let the Spirit just touch you. Just a minute of God's presence touching us can make all the difference in the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, we cast out discouragement. We take authority over generational influences. We plead the blood of Jesus over our past. I approach my past with the anointing. I approach my past with apostolic worship. I approach my past with dying out to my own flesh. And by doing so, I get victory over all the claims of my history has on me in the name of Jesus. And I'm free. And I can count on Jesus to keep me free in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Praise God. Amen. If you'd like to come and pray, you're welcome to. If you need to go and you have plans with family, I understand. Merry Christmas. Greet one another with a holy handshake and a big, bright, Holy Ghost smile. Before you go, let someone know that they count in God's kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.